the hour is late and the moon is leering. If you feel as though you're being watched, you're right. Dangerous Times Radio Hour presents Phantasmagoria. Starring Bess Lawson as Gilly O'Hare. Megan Stressman as Rusty Rattlesnake. Philip Stressman as Florence Beauregard. And James Kettler as every other person, living or dead. We open in darkness, pitch black darkness, slowly broken by the first beams of light casting in the window in the early morning. Our camera, once black, is now full of light and shapes and colors, too blurry to quite make out. The camera cuts between this and black several times in rapid succession to indicate that someone's blinking, and then we cut so that the camera is now facing the slowly awakening face of Gilly O'Hare. I need a drink. It is just past the crack of dawn, the early morning, in the bedroom of the mansion of one Wallace Patter Goodwin, where our heroes took a well-deserved rest after a hard night's vampire fight. I think that Rusty is probably sleeping on the floor next to the chaise lounge that Gilly's in. So I think Rusty's going to peek open his eyes. I guess we're like used to getting up pretty early for movie production and stuff. Mm -hmm. Also, you're a cowboy. I'm a cowboy. I rise when the sun does, baby. So (laughs) um, I... Put that on a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. So Rusty hears Gilly kind of like crumbling around and like opens his eyes and turns his head to Gilly and says, Morning, Gilly. What did you say? You need a drink? Yeah, I feel like I've earned it after I saved all of you. Do you even remember what happened last night? No. Yeah, you like, you fucked some vampires up. You saved our lives. I know I did. You're welcome. Thank you so much, Gilly. I'll go get you some water, okay? You just need a rest, though, okay? So no going to set today. No, because they're going to think that they fired me successfully, and I can't <laughs> let them think that, so I've got to get there. You just reminded me. Oh, I've got to go to work. And Gilly. Gilly's going to throw her body up into a standing position. You can't even stand right now. Yes, I can. Look at me. Okay. I've got to look perfectly fine. Okay, let me find some sunglasses, your shoes, a jacket, and I'm going to wake up Flo, okay? Okay, I'll... I'll be here. Yeah, you walk over to Wally's big round bed and you hear a thunderous snoring coming from under the covers. And I think you see one short, pale, stubbly leg just sticking out from underneath. Exactly Uh how Flo would sleep. Um, So Rusty's going to like poke what he thinks is Flo. And I'm not going to pull back the covers because Rusty's trying to give some personal (laughs) space. You know, like he's not like invasive or anything. But he's gonna poke and say, Florence, are you awake? No. <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> 
You sound like you sound like somebody else. Oh, leave me alone. <laughs> um, I mean, yes. Wait, wait. Wait, you are somebody else. And you see the legs suck up back up under the covers. All right. Well, I just wanted to let you know that Gilly is being very persistent about going to work today. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but they fired her yesterday. But she they didn't fire me. They fired her. They tried. <laughs> but, do you uh, want to come with us to work, or are you going to crash here today? And now, Flo, uh, you see the covers just like a form arise underneath <laughs> them, uh, but without, like, she hasn't come out from under the covers. It's just, just like a, a dome of sheets over her. She says, uh, he going to work today? Gilly got fired, and you got bit by a vampire. I didn't get fired! Listen, Flo, and, like, she's looking, like, Rusty's looking Flo right in the eyes and winking and saying she didn't You can't get... see my eyes. Oh, yeah. Rusty's looking right where he knows Flo's yeah. eyes are. <laughs> and says she didn't get fired, and then leans in and goes, wank, wank. It sounds like you're winking. Yeah, I am, because she did. <laughs> sounds like you're winking. She, <laughs> Gilly's not going to take no for an answer. I got to take her. Um, and aren't you supposed to go talk to Maddie and stuff? Well, that's not at work. That's a devious work. <laughs> it is. That's your devious work. That's like my real business, like yeah. my real work. Yeah, that's not like work. my going to work work. Yeah. Especially because it is at a different location. I was just giving you the different work options to go to <laughs> today. So Flo, uh, I think, is tired of not <laughs> seeing anyone that she's talking to. <laughs> so she's going to like pull the blanket off of her head. And you see her root around underneath the covers for a second, and she finds her humongous glasses and puts them on and squints and blinks a few times. And I think she looks at you, Rusty, at your shoulder that's dressed, and she reaches over with a finger and just kind of pokes it. What are you doing? She says, uh, how you feeling, Rusty? Feeling thirsty? Uh, Rusty. What do you see when you look at me? Do you see a big old malted soda with what a does that human mean? leg? Stop it! I and feel Rusty... like I'm missing something, and I don't like when I'm missing things. Rusty looks right at Gilly and like nervously, and then looks back at Flo, and is like, "Come on!" Oh, Flo winks now. Wink. It sounds like you're winking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nothing is. We are. We are talking about it. <laughs> That's just a regular sentence. <laughs> hey, I have a question. Did any of y'all see like a weird satyr or goat person here last night? No. Uh, I did have a dream about God, but I think that's just because I'm one of his favorite peoples. Mm. Wally! Is Wally in bed with me? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wally is uh, curled up uh, like a little cat with his hands like... <laughs> With his hands overlapping one another and like on his face, and uh, you say his name, and he like drags them both down his face like a little kitten, and he says, mm, "Good morning." Hey, thanks for letting me sleep in your bed last night. Do you have a goat that lives here? Do I have a goat that lives here? No, you know I detest pets. Like a some kind of Baphomet demon human goat hybrid satire. Seda. How are you supposed to say that word? Seda. It's Seda. Satan. Satan. Yeah. So, did you see a Baphomet? Only in the mirror. That's like a goat devil? It could have just been your face. Yeah, I could have just been like... Jesus, Gilly, even for you, that was pretty intense. (laughs) We had a rough night last night, you know? We we drank a little bit when we came back. Like, are you sure you just didn't see something in the mirror? Yeah, I did. A goat person. Well, I mean, like, you know... Wally sits straight up in bed and rubs his eyes and says, oh, I haven't even had my morning tea. Florence, 
My house is guarded against the entrance of any kind of malicious spirit, demon, or other supernatural entity. Well, what if it was benign or magnanimous? It was a black-headed goat. I didn't say black. You know what I'm talking about already. What I do know, (laughs) Florence, is that if this thing appeared in the mirror before you, it was not in my house. It was... In the mirror, the mirror world it's version latched, of your house. It's latched onto you. <gasps> you got a goat on you? A you goat remember devil? what I said? Uh, oh, I don't know. Last night about not attracting the attention of certain powers that you cannot comprehend. You said, don't do that. I did say, don't do that. Uh huh. I fear you may have done that. Well, I can't not do something if I did, did it already. I get that. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so what, is this bad or good? It's not good. Uh, I don't know. I've never attracted the attention of a malicious spirit or entity before. Again, we don't know that it's malicious. Its intent was indeterminate to me in that moment I saw it in the mirror. It looked like maybe it could have just wanted directions or... Um, like, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to say something. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> Rusty, are you all right? <laughs> no, I literally got attacked by vampires last night. I might turn into a vampire in a couple days. No, I'm not all right. What? I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, that was just, no, that was my Rusty. dream. We're talking about dreams, you know, that we had last night, right? Rusty. Uh, Rusty's like avoiding eye contact with Gilly and just kind of looking at his uh, cowboy boots and shuffling them back and forth. Is there something around me I can throw at Rusty? No! There's a pillow on the chaise lounge. Yeah, I'm going to throw that pillow at Rusty. Ow! Gilly! (laughs) Tell me the truth! Fine. Listen, I got got bitted by a vampire last night. (laughs) You got bitted? I got bitted (laughs) by a vampire. (laughs) And... There is a slim chance that I could turn into one of those blood-sucking leeches. How slim? I mean, honestly, it's probably like 50-50. That's not very slim, Rusty. But But listen, all you got to do is not drink blood for three days. Like, when's the last time you drank blood? Rusty, why did you hesitate? I was just confused (laughs) by the question because obviously never. So, okay. So, you're... You've lived your entire life without drinking blood. You just got to go three more days and don't uh, do don't drink it any now. <laughs> okay, but like I don't think it's as easy as you're making it out to be. But I appreciate it. Well, do you need us to chain you up in a basement or something? If it comes to it, I hope that you will. Well, how do I know when it comes to it? I think you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> When I've done we'll it. Have, we'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When people start turning up dead <laughs> yeah. with, with their blood drained. We can have like a like a safe word that I'll say when you know it's time to like chain me up. How about uh, crawfish boil? That's, that's the, two words. That's the word though. Te- almost three words. <laughs> well, One craw- of them's a compound crawfish word. Crawfish boil. <laughs> I don't know what a compound word is. I ain't never been to school. You never been to any school? Listen, no, the cat raised you. Cattle. Cows? Yeah. <laughs> How do you think I got that name? Whatever, Wait, that's a story. Which name? That's a story that's for all... another time. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we should uh, get going if you want to get to set on time. I don't want to get to set on time, but we should get going. Where are we going Cheryl? As you say that, you see from underneath Wallace's bed 
a human arm flop out, gripping an empty bottle of whiskey. And you hear a voice say, I'm here. Oh, how you doing down there? Not great. Great. You're going to come help me do my thing today. Uh, I need somebody to guard my body. I kind of feel like I've reached my supernatural limit, maybe. Need to go uh, not think about things for a day or so. (laughs) All right, listen. If you come in fully, help me with this thing today. All you got to do is watch my body while I do my business. And Flo looks to Rusty and to Gilly now. So I feel comfortable speaking for the group that if you come in fully on this deal, this isn't just like a one-off thing anymore. Now you're part of the gang, part of the group. I think that we can double your cut. I mean, yeah. So you mean I'm going to go from getting a fraction of the 1% that all the lasso lads are sharing to two shares of that? Two full full percents just for you. How are you going to turn that down? Well, my hands are still shaking, and I'm terrified at the prospect of being in another combat scenario with anyone, including those on the uh, natural end of the supernatural spectrum. But god dang, do I like money. All right, I'm in. Yeah! So Rossi's going to turn to Cheryl, <laughs> Wally, and Flo and say, Thank you, Wally, for everything per usual. Appreciate your hospitality. Cheryl, Flo, see you later. Be safe. All right, Wally, as usual, it's been a trip. I'm going to take some of your books on the way out. See you around. Cheryl, could you excuse us for just one moment? Yep, no problem. And, oh, I uh, was already I was Cheryl, already, out, I was already on my way out the door. walks out the door and shuts it behind her. <laughs> <laughs> and Wallace says, Florence, uh-huh. this creature that you saw in the mirror last night, did it say anything to you? And we flash back to that moment the night before just after Wally left his private library and Florence noticed the image of the black goat in the mirror behind her. Uh, what's this goat wearing? Anything? Uh, mm. It's a humanoid. I've been screaming satyr this whole time, so yeah, it's yeah, humanoid. Yeah. Goat legs, goat head, human body. Uh, yes, the. Uh, I think it's a Winnie the Pooh situation. Mm-hmm. There's a top half, no bottom half. And I think the top half is... Uh, just wearing like, um, uh, like a, uh, a dicky and a, and a waistcoat, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so like real high collar, black bow tie, black buttons, black waistcoat, and then furry goat legs, goat head. Flo, you see this thing in the mirror behind you, and it says, hi. <clears throat> hi. No need to turn around, I won't be back there. Flo turns around anyway. There's nothing back there. No! Oh! <laughs> I had to check. I can't just take, uh, I don't know, ephemeral goat people at the wood. No, of course, of course. I understand. Yeah, no, I'm not, like, actually, you know, here. I can't really get into this place. Your friend's really good at uh, warding. What What was their name again? Your friend? This place? The person whose house this is? What? Uh, I'm going to take a step back, actually. I'm uh-huh. going to pump the brakes, sure. uh, as they say, uh-huh. before I start uh, giving you people's names. Uh-huh. What a, What the fuck are you and what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what am I? Hmm. Yeah, take your time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, a lot of people have called me a lot of different things over the years. But let's just say that I am someone who could be a really, really great friend to you if, you know, we agree to certain things. Hmm. Well, this has been an interesting conversation and an interesting offer. I will take it into consideration. I'll see you at the next mirror, I guess. The goat in the mirror lowers its voice and says, um, Stay put where you are, mortal. Well, you said you're not really here. Uh, so why don't you go fuck yourself and I'm going to do my own thing and Flo leaves. No, no. Hey, wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Damn. (laughs) Yeet. Yeet. Yeah. We cut back to Flo and Wally sitting in his bedroom. And like coming back from a commercial break on a show on the kids WB, we get a rewind of Wally's last three seconds of dialogue. And he says, (laughs) that is what happens. Did she say anything to you? I, uh, well, she said something about we could make a deal, but then she started bossing me around. I told her to get fucked. Hmm. Florence. Yeah. You are so one of a kind and singular that I have no idea what's going to happen to you now. I'm at a loss. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm a beautiful and unique snowflake, and she spins in a little circle. Would you, um... Maybe just keep a record of any other exchanges you happen to have with this creature. I'd be very interested. Like homework? No, not like homework. It's a favor to me for loaning out all these precious tomes that I have yet to see back, which I know you aren't reading. Yeah, but I can't remember all these people's names without the spine of the book to look them up. I can write them down for you. Okay, well, write me down 12 good ones right now, and then I'll do the homework you assigned me. Can I do it later? I'm just going to take the books. <laughs> if I see the demon again, I will let you know. Okay. If you take more books, though, can you bring the old ones Flo's back? gone. <sighs> we cut to the set. Oh, God. Of a perilous evening at Dread Knight Manor, where uncharacteristically, <laughs> one rusty rattlesnake and one Gilly O'Hare still waving. have arrived early. Hello, is me Ghibli. <laughs> <laughs> she means Gilly. Uh, no one heard anything other than Gilly. You know, um, Gilly, I'm going to get you to your uh, trailer and I'm going to get Mary Beth to get makeup up here, okay? There's not much of the crew here yet, because, you know, why the fuck show up early? Yeah. You're not getting paid to show up early. You two approach the door to Gilly's trailer, parked in its usual space on the lot, and you find her trailer locked. Gilly, Um, do do you have a key to your trailer? I don't think I've ever locked it. Gilly's, like, feeling around. (laughs) Do you have a purse or anything? No. All right, um... At that moment... From behind you, you see the light on Gilly's door disappear as a shadow is cast over your shadows. Rusty's going to, like, turn them around so they both turn around Uh (laughs) to see who it is. You see 
standing before you. Director Landon Forsythe. Good, it's just him. Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Rattlesnake, who do we have here? Uh, Mr. Landon, we got the star of the show, Gilly O'Hare. I'm ready. Yeah, she's Where ready. Want me? She is ready and enthused about today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. What, what can we do for you? Well, this is awkward. I was told that Gilly had already been informed, informed of about- the production decision. It was completely and utterly out of my hands that I had nothing to do with. Gilly, and what? definitely didn't demand loudly for. Do you mean that little joke that Mr. Brother was trying to play on me? We already talked about it. It's you got all canned, fine. Gilly. You've been canned from this picture. No, it was it was just a joke. I'm ready. I'm excited. We've got sheets in the ceiling. I'm ready to be scared of them. <laughs> She's recharged and ready to work. Listen, Miss O'Hare, I appreciate that this might be difficult for you to understand, but uh. I've already got a lot on my plate with all the reshoots we gotta do, recasting the main role, and I don't really have time to sit here and be a therapist. Well, good thing that Rusty is going to intimidate this motherfucker. Rusty turns to Landon, gets really close to him. Rusty's tall. He's 6'5". Yeah, I think you got a good foot on Landon. Hell yeah. Gets really close up to Landon. And then looks down to him and says, Listen, buddy, if you know what's good for you in this movie, you will keep Gilly in it. If you don't, I, Rusty Rattlesnake, will kill you and your whole entire family. Don't think that I don't know where you live, 800 Maple Lane Street. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I don't keep tabs on everyone I work with because I don't trust any of y'all. Gilly's the best thing to happen to this production, and you don't want to break her heart because if you do, like I said, I will kill you. Now she's pretending to cry. <laughs> Landon, uh, his brow is furrowed in an expression somewhere between frustration and confusion, and his eyes are locked with yours, and he stares back at you hard for a few seconds, and then he takes his glasses off, revealing, like, his eyes looked really big behind the glasses, but when he takes them off, they're very, very, very small. And he says, Okay, I don't know how you got my address, but please, 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 please don't hurt me. Uh, listen, I, I don't I don't have a lot of power in this situation, okay? I'm just a director. Who does have the power in this situation? This is a decision that came from up top. This was, this was... You go back. This was Cliff Brockton and Rudolph Meyer's brothers, okay? They made me, they told me that Gilly was getting recast. And I was like, that's going to be a lot of work. We're going to have to do a lot of reshoots. And they were like, we don't care, you idiot. Just direct the movie. Listen. So listen, mm -mm. I will, I, I can, I can, I can, she, she can stay on set, hang out. You know, a lot of bad things have been happening. Maybe something bad will happen and she can take the role back. I just, I, something I can't. Something bad will I happen. I can't make the decision. Gilly's going to raise her decision. hand. I don't know if anybody told you this, Mr. Director, but. Me and Cliff are seeing each other so, now. Yeah. So I'm going to go visit him <laughs> now, if you don't mind, and then we can continue shooting. Landon looks quizzically at you, Gilly. 
and he puts his glasses back on, and he says, Well, now I know you're full of it. <laughs> you ain't seeing Cliff. Listen, I know I can be a little difficult. Why do you think he had you recast? Because he was doing a bad job. Yeah, he was. He and was he doing a bad job. And he needed someone who would give... I don't know. Listen, keep it here on the set. Okay. I ain't gonna tell nobody I saw you. And maybe you'll find out in a little bit why Gilly got recast. And he, like, hmm. gestures to Gilly's former trailer. Uh, Rusty's eyes squint. And then he pulls out his Tommy gun. And then Rusty just <laughs> shoots the lock. And then looks at Landon and says, that's going to be you, bud, if you don't recast Gilly. As you fire your Tommy gun mm -hmm. into the door of Gilly's trailer. Did I kill whoever's in there? <laughs> Landon freezes. Like his eyes go bug-eyed and his shoulders raise up and he just becomes immediately tense. And about 30 feet away from you, across the lot, the door to Cliff's trailer opens. And Cliff says, What in the hell is going on out here? Oh, good morning, Cliff. I'm just working on some stunts here for, you know, the movie we're working on. And, uh, yeah, it's gun day. Working on stunts? Shooting into a trailer? It's empty. No the one... trailer of my co-star? Your co-star? Someone's in there right now? Yes, someone's in there right now. And Cliff pushes past you and uh, opens up the door to the trailer that the lock was busted through and slams it behind him. Uh, Rusty starts banging on the door. Let us in! I want to make sure they're okay. I didn't mean to startle them. I was working on stunts, you know. I'm a stuntman. Cliff comes back out and says, They're fine, thank goodness. Rusty is going to... Rusty wants to kick open the door. And Rusty just had it. He's trying to, like, handle Landon, almost kill somebody in the trailer... And also, he's gotten some some intense urges because you know, vampire. Gilly's been hiding inside of her coat since Cliff stepped out, <laughs> so she's just a little ball on the ground. <laughs> Don't mind her. Rusty. Yeah. You make a swift move at the door of Gilly's trailer in an attempt to pry it out of Cliff's literal cold dead hands and bust in on whoever's inside. And I think you managed to get a grip on the door handle and yank it out of Cliff's hand. But reflexively, Cliff is going to swing his other arm around and clock you one in the face. And he's going to knock you to the ground. Oof! But you've got such a firm grip on the door to this trailer, and the door to this trailer is already not very sturdy from where you shot a bunch of holes in it. <laughs> yeah that you yank it right off its weak little hinges and pull it with you. Oh, shit. Ow! Ugh! With the door to the trailer free of its hinges, light now fills the space behind Cliff Brockton. And you can see clearly, standing at the top of the two stairs that lead into this trailer, a woman dressed pristinely in a white blouse and a black pinstripe skirt it's a face you've seen hundreds and hundreds of times before in all of those movies, and then, of course, later, in all of those newspaper headlines. Cliff's thought-to-be-deceased wife 
Inga Gelbrot. gonna reach over and tug on Langdon's pants leg. What? Points. She points. What do you mean, what? Rusty jumps to his feet, kind of like gets his cowboy hat all in in position, fixes his mustache, and looks inside because he's following Gilly's pointed finger and eyes widen. Inga steps down the two stairs of the trailer and places a hand gracefully onto Cliff's shoulder as she steps into full view and she says, What's all the commotion, dear? Uh, uh, Landon? Yeah? Your special effects have gotten a lot better. That ghost looks real. Uh, can anybody explain why there's a dead woman here? Don't talk about my wife that way. Shut up, Harrison Ford. Yeah. (laughs) Ooh! (laughs) It's a terrible name for a movie star. Your wife is dead and we all know it. What's going on here? Landon, I've had enough of this. No! One of these two people already no longer works here, and I think the other one's time is up as well. Get these ruffians off our set. And Landon looks at Cliff and looks at you, Rusty. Yeah. And looks at Cliff and looks at you, Rusty and looks back at Cliff and says, I can't. What do you mean you can't? Well, Cliff, number one. Gilly holds up a a one finger. (laughs) Thank you, Gilly. While it's lovely to have your wife here, these reshoots have already set us back quite a bit and I can't afford to lose our lead stunt man and stunt coordinator. Yep, that's correct. Don't have time to find another one. As far as I know, no other ones exist yet. (laughs) Exactly. I'm doing the stunts for literally every single person. And as for Miss O'Hare, while it is true that she is no longer an actress in this picture. Debatable. Yeah. I graciously offered her and she accepted a job Mm -hmm. in In the the costume department. What? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's uh, me. Look how stylish I am. <laughs> uh, so, I can't kick kick them out. Why don't you kick this ghoul out? And Rusty points at Cliff. Cliff looks back at you. Yeah, I said ghoul. And glares. <laughs> and then his expression changes from the seething, blinding rage that he has when you say the word ghoul to, like puzzlement and curiosity and then he smirks and says Rusty there's something different about you uh I'm more sober than I usually am (laughs) I'm not (laughs) Gilly falls over (laughs) well Gilly 
I enjoyed our time together, and I look forward to your work on my wardrobe. Rusty? What? Perhaps we can have a chat later, you and I. Yeah, Buster, we are going to have a chat. And he flashes his Tommy gun. Yeah, I'd love to hear all about how your wife just randomly came back from the frickin' dead. Remember when we were talking about the scariest thing of your life? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, mm. Listen, this has all been exhilarating. But, uh, we've both got a movie to shoot soon, and I think it'd be best if my wife and I both retired to my trailer. Yeah, because this is my trailer and Gilly's trailer now, so... <laughs> And I'll fix the door, don't worry about it. Uh, But I'm changing the locks because I'm not letting these two ghouls anywhere near. uh. Let's all talk about who's going to be in what trailer later, huh? And get this movie back on track. Well, y'all can see your way out of our trailer. (laughs) And shaking her head, yes. We will see you on set in a little bit and we will talk about uh, uh, nothing. We'll see you soon. Cliff considers you a second longer, Rusty, before saying... Come, dear. Perhaps we can have a snack before the shoot. Yeah, why don't you go dig up some dead and bodies? Delicately takes his wife's hand off his shoulder and guides her down the final step of the trailer. And they cross the lot over to his and head back inside, the door shutting behind them with a click. Okay. Gilly's got a job. That's all you have to say right now? I held up my end of the bargain. Please don't shoot me with your Tommy gun. Landon, we have more to talk about. Huh? What do you mean? Listen, Landon, can you step into our trailer? Yeah, <laughs> right here. <laughs> and we're, we're just like arm in arm. We'll put the door back on and everything. Yeah, I kind of feel like if I step into your trailer, I'm implicitly acknowledging that it belongs to you. You are, <laughs> and it does. So let's, let's skedaddle. Okay, then. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Our camera zooms out from the trailer and begins to pull up into the sky before it stops and the image on screen flickers for a moment. And rapidly, the camera zooms back into the trailer and back onto the scene we just witnessed. Only this time it's happening in reverse. (laughs) (laughs) Rapidly, everybody goes through the motions of the last 20 minutes or so, but backwards until we arrive back at the mansion of Wallace Petter Goodwin when the group exits his front door. But this time, instead of following Rusty and Gilly, Our camera stops, resumes forward normal momentum, and follows Flo and Cheryl out of the mansion. All right, so uh, I'm watching your body today. What are we doing? Oh, yeah. uh, So you know how vampires are real? You've seen a bunch of vampires. Yes, ma'am. Well, uh, also magic is real and my soul can leave my body. So I got like one kind of errand that I need to do that I got my soul's got to leave my body for. And when I do that, it leaves my body super vulnerable. So uh, I guess you just kind of uh, babysitting a corpse. Okie dokie. Can I ride on your horse with you? 
Yeah, sure. Where you want to go? Where are we going to do this thing? The Myers Brothers office. Okie dokie. Let's go. Get along, pork chop. And uh, our camera follows pork chop. Uh, gallop off from left to right on the screen, dragging behind him a wipe. As we go from uh, Flo and Cheryl on a horse on a road and wipe to Cheryl dismounting Porkchop and helping Flo down in the shadows of a dingy, grimy alleyway just outside the offices of Meyer Brothers Studios. All right. Uh, yeah, do you just hang out here for a minute? Keep an eye on me, make sure nobody uh, carries me off or, you know... Sets me on fire, whatever. I don't want to go inside because it's just going to be people and questions. And Anyway, this should just take a minute. And Flo uh, pulls out a knife and slashes it into her hands uh, and closes a fist and gets some blood flow going and just like spreads blood around herself in a circle and then death drops uh, as her spirit leaves her body. Well, that ain't the weirdest thing I've seen recently. And uh, <laughs> takes the cap off a whiskey bottle and takes a swig. <laughs> Poor Cheryl. Uh, yeah, and our camera follows Flo's astral form as she uh, as she falls through the ground and through layers of sediment and buried forgotten city and drifts through the bone-covered ceiling of the basement of this office building. Yeah, I think you come through the ceiling and on your astral forearm, there is a there's a bony arm like clutching your ankle. Ugh. Uh, yeah, you enter that bony cavern, that nasty bony place that you found underneath the Myers Brothers offices to find it dim and quiet and still. Maddie, where's my executive assistant? and you look above you to the ceiling that you just popped through and scan the wall of skulls for the one with the paperboy cap, and you find it, and Maddie's ghostly visage pops out of the dirt behind the skull and says, Miss Beauregard! What's up, Maddie? And uh, I want to give them a high five. Uh, they float down like in a spiral from the ceiling above you and connect with you on their way down, and it's very satisfying, makes a real loud clap. Ooh, the ghost high fives are the best, I guess. This is the first one I've ever done. Yeah, I got really good momentum spinning around in circles. You're so talented. I feel like you're really coming into your own now that you're dead. Hmm. Not <laughs> ideal, huh? <laughs> That's what we all want to hear. The, not the best. <laughs> How you been? How's the movie going? Oh, uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> but uh, more importantly, what have you observed or witnessed? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I've seen some people coming in here recently. Alive um, people? Yeah, well, uh, kind of. Okay, ghouls? I think one little column A, little column B. For sure, for sure, for sure. Last night, Mr. Myers Brothers was down here, uh, and he had a big old book that he put in that place where you said a book should go. Yeah, what was the name of the book and who wrote it? I don't know. I couldn't, I didn't, I didn't get that close a look at it. Oh, geez, Maddie. Well, I was all the way up in the ceiling. I had to hide there. Why? Because that's where I am most of the time. Well, why do you have to hide? Well, because I don't want him to know that I'm spying on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a no. sneaky mission. You're right. It was a sneak mission. I'm sorry. Yes. Well, it was him, and there was uh, uh, this really old guy who worked the, oh, that old guy who worked in the prop department. 
uh, he was with him, uh, and he had a big, heavy burlap sack, uh, and then Mr. Brockton. How do you know it was heavy? Because uh, he was dragging it in. Uh, not, he couldn't carry it. He was dragging it in and going, ooh, ee, oh, this is so heavy. Why are you making me do this? I'm very old, and this is so heavy. Maddie, you know what? I'm being... <laughs> I've been being a little bit uh, snarky with you, and I apologize because your notes are, and observations are actually incredible and detailed. Thank so, you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have much else to do. No, I really sincerely feel like you have you found your talent now, and it's nothing but up for you from here on, kid. Aw, shucks. Yeah, so it was Mr. Myers Brothers and Mr. Brockton and Mr. Old Man Prop Guy, uh, and they came in here with that big sack, and in that sack was a bunch of bones, and they put the bones uh, like in order, and they said some words. What does then... it mean? Wait, stop. What does it mean in order? Alphabetical order? No, like you know the song. Leg bones connected to the hip bone. Hip bones connected to the something bone. I don't know how skeletons are built, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure they did. That was a really good song, and you know what? You don't have a skeleton anymore, so it's not your purview. Yep, that, that's true. Well, Aww. I have at least part of my skeleton, and they point to their skull with the paperboy cap on it. Oh, Maddie, I'm going to be honest with you. When you were alive, uh, I didn't really, you were kind of nothing to me, but <laughs> now that you're dead, you seem really terrific. <laughs> that's fucked up. I'm acting exactly the same way as I did then. Well, I never had an opportunity to see it, I guess. And Maddie says, uh, Time makes fools of us all. <laughs> and Maddie nods knowingly. <laughs> and they say, uh, so they put her skeleton, they put this skeleton in order, and then Mr. Myers Brothers walked over to the special stand with his book on it, and he said some words from the book that I didn't understand, and then the skeleton glowed for a while, and then it was a lady. Uh-huh. And then Cliff was really, really happy that it was a lady. <laughs> Did you recognize the lady the skeleton w got to, was, became? Me? No, but, I mean, I don't know. I didn't know a ton of people before I started working on the movie set. I just moved here from a small farming town. Okay. I'm not gonna, I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> but the, but Cliff was very happy to see this lady. Yeah, 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 yeah. He, uh, he was like crying and, and hugging her and she hugged him and they both seemed real stoked about it. Mr. Myers Brothers seemed pretty neutral on the matter. Yeah, but he was involved. He did, I mean, he's the one who did it. Yeah, he brought her back. Or he did what, he made a skeleton into a lady is the best that I can assess from what I saw. Did the, the, the flesh sort of like emerge from the bones or kind of congeal around the bones or like come up from the dirt? Yeah, I just saw a skeleton, flash of bright purple light, lady. Interesting. <laughs> Maddie? Yeah? You have been incredibly helpful. Well, thank you. I am dead serious, no pun intended, when I say that you are very, very good at this, and I think you got a line of work as some sort of ghost private eye in your future. It's very, very subtle because they're they're transparent now because they're a ghost, um, but you can tell that Maddie kind of blushes, and they go, Aww, thanks. Thanks, thanks, Miss Beauregard. And I wish that you could leave this terrible place. Me too. That's a problem we gotta solve. Yeah. That's not a problem that I'm gonna solve right now. Okay. But I'm gonna make a mental note to address it in the future. Slow on the totem pole. <laughs>
<laughs> oh, damn. Maddie says, uh, I'm just happy you're thinking of me. And then Maddie kind of squints, and their gaze kind of goes past you, and they say, uh, Miss Beauregard? Who's that behind you? Oh, is it that fucking goat again? Um... Flo's gonna spin slowly around with a real shitty attitude. You turn around to see nothing. And you turn back around and Maddie is gone. Okie dokie, well, uh, I guess I'll see what everybody else is up to and I'm gonna leave. <laughs> <laughs> And our camera follows as Flo flies up, 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 back through the air, back through the earth. And she soars up through the concrete above her body, above Cheryl, just standing there staring off into the bricks in front of her, trying not to think about anything, taking occasional sips of a whiskey bottle. And we watch as Flo flies through the sky, through the clouds, through the air, and descends onto the lot for a perilous evening at Dread Night Manor. Listen, Landon. We're not stupid. Mm-mm. This is like insulting that you think that we're stupid, but we know what Cliff is, uh, a ghoul, and then his wife is here, which we all know that he tragically hasn't acted in seven years because his wife tragically died. Well, guess what? <laughs> she, she's right here. So you tell me what's going on, buddy. Listen. And if you don't, I will kill your family. <laughs> 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 now that I know where you live... You better be walking on Wait, pins and needles. Mean, now that you know, you are. I know, but, but now that you know that I know where you live, you're gonna be walking on pins and needles, Buster. Listen, there's no need. To, there's no need to continue threatening me. I did what you asked. But I need more. And I understand that you don't like Cliff. I get it. He's he a brought friend. in his wife to replace your friend. I get it. Dead but, wife. Dead wife. Clearly she's not dead, she's here. We all know she died. What do you think? She was just on vacation for seven years? <laughs> That's exactly what Cliff said, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> Cliff said that she never died, that she was just so tragically disfigured from the accident that she hid herself from public view and she finally felt ready to step back into the spotlight. And you just happens to look perfectly normal and exactly the same. Why would you believe this? That is ridiculous. This is all... I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Ridiculous. That's ridiculous, but I should believe in ghouls. Just then, as Lennon says that, you all feel the hairs on the back of your neck. And before your eyes, you can see your breath crystallize in the air as the temperature around you cools. Did it just get colder in here? And then, you both and Landon are confronted with the ghostly form of Florence Beauregard. Oh my god. <laughs> who uh, hovers down from the ceiling of the trailer directly in front of Landon with her arms theatrically raised in front of her and her hands making little claws. <laughs> and she says, um, 
You say you don't believe, Landon Forsyth. But look at me, I look like a freaky ghost. <laughs> and you just see a streak of his hair turn bright white. That's right, Landon Forsyth, you dweeb, you stupid little man. I'm terrifying. I'm a uh, ghost. And also, ghosts and ghouls are all real. No, it can't be. I'm proving it by being here. <laughs> Listen, you little twerp. <laughs> we're sick of you and all your bullshit. And we're sick of Cliff and uh, his, his ghoul wife. Too. It's fine. I've been listening. I've, I've been looking around. Landon, we require your assistance. You are going to gather Cliff and Cliff's wife and that freaking jackass Maya's brothers, and you are going to lure them into something very fashionable now in the 1927s. You're all going to come to a seance. And what they don't know, but what I'm telling you right now, you little jackass. <laughs> what? We are going to summon the spirit of Cliff Brockton. Times Radio Hour presents Phantasmagoria was edited by James Kettler and produced by Philip Stressman with additional sounds provided by Zapsplat.com Monster of the Week Tabletop RPG was written and created by Michael Sands Join us again next week for more Phantasmagoria and until then be chill and stay dangerous.